it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. Recently, I was chatting with a friend who'd been having some distressing digestive issues and had just gotten a list of things that she can and can't eat anymore from her naturopath. Now, I died a little inside when she started talking about her can versus can't eat list. And luckily, she's pretty much always been in a good place with food and her body, and she didn't really need my input, although she got it. (laughs) But it made me realize that it's been a while since I talked about uh, why this whole concept of things that we can versus can't eat is so unbelievably toxic. So if you are not new here, this is your reminder because you've probably heard me say a lot of this before. But if you are new here, I want to offer you a new way to start thinking about the whole healthy eating thing and briefly share a really important switch that seems insignificant, but is actually vital. Even if you don't personally struggle with food, I guarantee that you know somebody who does. So I hope that you'll uh, tune in and continue listening for their sake, because food conversations in general can be really triggering, especially when they have to do with foods that are supposedly allowed or not allowed to eat. Anyway, on to the point of this episode. So we've been taught that healthy meat eating means that we cannot just eat whatever we want. That there are certain things we can and certain things we can't eat if we want to be healthy or skinny or whatever. And we've also been taught that being skinny is being healthy, which is complete BS, but that's a subject for another day. Back to the can versus can't eat thing. The problem with this lies in what happens whenever we start to think, I can't eat that anymore, especially when it applies to a food that we love and have been used to eating most of our lives. And we think to ourselves, if I want to be healthy, I can't ever have that again. That's food restriction that's being born from fear, and it creates destructive patterns of eating that are driven by, again, more fear. So We think if we want to be healthy, I can't eat that thing, and we start to mourn it even, truly. It can create deep feelings of sadness to think about never being able to eat something that we love again. It may even trigger anger and resentment towards our bodies if we're trying to treat a specific medical condition by restricting the food. We almost even worry about life without it, right? How am I going to survive Christmas without my favorite Christmas treats? Or how am I going to resist the temptation of it? Or or how am I going to willpower my way through the cravings that I'm going to have for this food? And holy cow, does feeling like we cannot ever eat something again ever cause cravings, right? What's the first thing that happens as soon as you start to think I can't have that food anymore? You crave the hell out of it, don't you? Because our species is not biologically wired to restrict food in those ways. Trying to restrict food actually causes cravings and feeling, feelings of being out of control around that food, especially when we feel like we can't ever eat it again. 
So the harder that we try to control our intake and restrict that thing that we're telling ourselves we can't eat, the more likely we are to feel more and more out of control around it and then unable to stop eating it. So that I can't eat that anymore thought or belief fuels and even creates food restrictive patterns of thoughts and behaviors that are incredibly harmful and contribute to feeling out of control around those foods, right? So that usually means whenever we think I can't eat that, we are at the risk of eventually caving and overeating or binging the things we think we can't eat anymore, which then results in harsh self-judgment and shame whenever we fall off track. Now, I know that our culture has turned the act of falling off the healthy eating wagon into an enormous joke, but the reality of what that means is anything but funny or harmless. This is, and you know, again, this is one of many reasons why diets fail because most people just cannot stick to these can versus can't eat food rules for very long. And over time, every time they cave, it wires their brain to cave faster and faster, and it creates more and more distrust in themselves and shame. And I don't care how supposedly healthy a specific way of eating might be. Don't even get me started on what a shit show the world of nutrition science is, but that's beside the point. I don't care how supposedly healthy a specific way of eating might be. It is useless if you cannot stick to it. And it is actively unhealthy if it's causing feelings of anger or resentment towards your body or feelings of shame and binge or overeating behaviors as a result of trying to stick to it. Now, sure, yes, some people can stick to things easier than others, but most people cannot stick to anything for very long because it's just not how we're wired. And like I said, when we can't stick to it, we get stuck in these patterns of distrusting ourselves, of trying to be good, only to continue failing and hating ourselves. And all of this disordered eating and thinking, again, is not only actively harmful, but can and often even does develop into full-blown eating disorders. Can versus can't, allowed versus not allowed, even healthy versus unhealthy thoughts and beliefs around food are incredibly toxic. The truth is you're an adult. You can and should eat whatever you want, whenever you want. So the only thing that matters is what do you want? What do you want to eat right now in this moment, this moment alone? Forget tonight or tomorrow or the rest of your life. What you can or can't eat tonight, tomorrow, or for the rest of your life doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is right now. Right now, you can eat whatever you want. So what do you actually want right now? Approaching food in this way allows for a really relaxed approach that doesn't create or contribute to fear-based choices or restrictive patterns. And because you're going to release the worries over what choices you may or may not have to make later, right now and what you want right now is all that matters. And right now, again, you're allowed to eat whatever you want. So what do you want? Why do you want that thing? How is eating that thing going to make you feel right now? That's it. That's all that matters. Forget the can and can't ever eat again lists. Stay in this moment 
with the knowledge that what you that uh, you can eat whatever you want. Now, if wanting to eat foods that help your body feel its best is something that you struggle with, as it is for a lot of people, if you find yourself always gravitating towards wanting to eat foods that make you feel like crap, well, that's highly instructive. Meaning, it's not a sign that you can't be trusted and that you need to keep trying to control your intake. It simply means that you need to do some digging into and changing why you struggle with wanting to eat things that serve the best interests of you and your body. If wanting to eat things that help your body feel its best is your biggest struggle, then that's what you want to focus on, right? If you're not wanting to eat things that support your body and feeling its best, the why behind that is what needs to change. See, it's not about controlling and restricting. It's about learning to want to eat things that help you feel your best and learning to listen to your body when it tells you what those things are. When you eat, start paying attention to how you feel after you eat. You'll start to see patterns emerge. You'll start to become more aware of the impact your choices are having on how it feels to live in your body. And so again, the only questions are, what do you want to eat? Why do you want it? And again, how is eating that food going to make your body feel? Because of course your body responds to some foods differently than others. And different things will have different sets of consequences on how you feel when you eat them. You are free. You are 100% free to eat whatever you want, but you're not free from the consequences of those choices. And that's important to remember. So then consider if you're about to eat something that you know is going to make you feel like crap, the next step is just to simply consider, do you want to feel that way? And, you know, again, sometimes we struggle to love or even like ourselves and wanting to make choices that help our bodies feel our best can be a challenge. This was certainly the case for me. So when I would ask myself, do you want to feel that way? I'd hear myself say, I don't care. If you notice that happening to you, the next questions to consider are, why don't you care about eating something that you know is going to make you sick? Don't you want to feel good? The first time I asked myself that question, I heard no. Nope, don't want to feel good, (laughs) which kind of surprised me and was a little bit painful. So I asked, why not? And I heard myself say, you don't deserve to. Again, ouch, (laughs) that hurt to hear. But it was really powerful because it gave me a direction. It gave me something to focus on shifting, right? I realized if I don't believe that I deserve to feel good, I am going to struggle pretty hard to treat myself well, right? And if I'm struggling to want to treat myself well, why would I want to make food choices that made me feel my best? I wouldn't. So the fix, learn how to value myself enough to believe that I deserve to feel good so that I start wanting to treat myself better, which includes actually wanting to eat the things that made my body feel its best. So if this is something that you struggle with and you often hear yourself thinking, I don't care in answer to the question, do you want to feel the way eating that is going to make you feel? It doesn't mean that this way to approach healthy eating won't work for you. It just means that you probably need to relearn how to want 
to care for yourself and your body. And in fact, when you do that, your food choices are naturally going to start to shift on their own. They're naturally going to start to fall into place. And if I can do it, you definitely can. This switch in how we think about food and healthy eating is so unbelievably powerful because it gives us back the power to make this most basic of human decisions for ourselves. And it eliminates the destructive patterns of eating that are caused by restrictions and rules and these can and can't eat lists. But what about treating actual health conditions? So, you know, what if you're like my friend and what if, what if you're experiencing, um, what if you're experiencing health issues that may require specific dietary treatment and your doctor or registered dietitian has given you this list of can versus can'ts? It's exactly the same thing. And I would argue that it's perhaps even more important to approach food in this way, because if not the sadness, the mourning, the anger, the resentment, it's all likely going to be even stronger if you focus on all of the things that you feel like you can never eat again. And the reality is, if you cannot stick to one diet, you cannot stick to another. It doesn't matter who passes you the diet or why you're trying to stick to it. That's why it's vital to not think of it in that way, to not think of it like a diet or from the perspective of can versus can't eat or something that you have to try to stick to. You still can and should eat whatever you want whenever you want. Again, keeping in mind that this really is about genuinely wanting to eat in ways that support your health and well-being and that you may need to learn how to want to make choices that help you feel your best to support these things. You absolutely can eat whatever you want. The question is, do you want to eat things that are going to make you feel like crap? Do you want to suffer the consequences of eating something that will potentially be harmful for your body? If so, if you don't care, why? That why question is so important because that's where your power lies to start understanding what's driving self-destructive choices. Again, if you hear, I don't care, it's not a sign that you're hopeless and this process won't work. It's just a sign that some inner work on the way that you feel about yourself is likely needed. And this is why it's so important to understand why we eat the way that we eat instead of obsessing over what we're eating. So I want to get really specific with you about how you can practice this. So let's imagine that you're looking at this list of can versus can't eat foods from your dietitian or your doctor, and you're trying to treat this specific condition with these foods. You're standing there now, you're looking at this list, and you're trying to decide what to have for lunch. Avoid looking at it from the perspective of, I can only eat things on the allowed side, and then trying to find something in there. Because what will almost certainly happen is that your brain is going to start drifting over to the can't side, and you're going to start ruminating or even obsessing over all of the things that you can't have and how good they're going to taste and how much you want those. And you're really going to naturally start being drawn to those things. 
And this works, you know, even if you're not trying to stick to something from your doctor, even if you just want to start eating healthier and you have all of these ideas about what that is supposed to look like in your head from years of dieting, it's the same thing. Approach every meal from the perspective of what do I want? So instead of looking at it from I can't have and I can't have, remember that I can have anything I want right now. From there, if you start noticing that you're wanting something from the can't side or from the side that you think is unhealthy, then go back to our questions. How do I want to feel when I'm done eating? And do I really want to feel the way eating that thing is going to make me feel? And at this point, just pause for a second. Get out of your head, all of that back and forth in your head over what you should and shouldn't eat. Get out of there and bring your attention down into your body. Think about how it felt the last time you ate that thing. I mean, really think about it with your attention still focused in your body. Think about what you felt like the last time you ate that thing. Were you bloated and uncomfortable? Did you have excruciating heartburn? Were you nauseous? Did you have diarrhea, a headache, low energy? All of those things They're your body's attempt at communicating with you. It's your body saying to you, hey, yo, listen, uh, that's just not working for us. Please don't eat that again, okay? And that's the thing. It's always communicating with you in this way. You've probably just gotten out of the habit of listening to it and honoring it because you've been trying so hard to force yourself to follow the can versus can't eat rules. And That problem occurs when our brains hijack the decision-making part of our brains because they've gotten so conditioned with all of these thoughts, beliefs, and patterns of behaviors, you know, about life in general, but also around food. And a lot of them are really unhealthy, especially these ones that are created by this whole can versus can't eat philosophy. philosophy. So you're there, you're staring, you know, at this list of can versus can't, or you're thinking about all of the things that you've been told in the past you shouldn't eat, and you're trying to decide what to have for lunch. You know you're an adult and you can't have anything you want. Nothing is off limits. But some things are going to have consequences that you may not necessarily enjoy, and you know that. You know that your choice will have an impact on how you feel. You don't need a single list to tell you that. So now imagine that you're in this place knowing you can have what you want and you're also connected to your body and you're listening to it when it's telling you what it wants to help it feel its best. So you're making decisions not based on what someone else says you can or can't eat or from fear, but rather from an empowered place, from a place of love and connection with your body. You're honoring what your body actually wants. And if you're using a list from your doctor of, you know, foods, then just using that list as a gentle guide. Like I said, even if food isn't something you struggle with, I promise that you know somebody who does. So please try to keep this in mind when you're talking about food with others. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, because I know how triggering food conversations can be for so many people. What I didn't realize until this conversation with my friend was how triggering these types of conversations can still be even for me. 
at this point, I consider my, my relationship with food to be very healthy now. I haven't binged in probably eight years or more. I almost never use food for comfort anymore. Not that it's a bad thing if you do, but in my case, I used it in extremely unhealthy ways. And I almost never even overeat to the point of discomfort anymore. That just never happens. I just live and eat in ways that support what I need to feel my best. It's beautiful, easy, and peaceful, and I am grateful for it every single day. But I obviously still have some trauma stored in my body over my history with it all. Because what I realized when, you know, I was having this conversation with my friend was what I was feeling was fear. You have to understand, I spent you know how i spent so many years not only suffering myself with the consequences of these can versus can't eat food lists but seeing and hearing so many other women suffer as a result of this messaging that we've received around food so very many are suffering so so badly one survey that came out in 2008 suggested that 75% of women surveyed had disordered thoughts or patterns of behaviors around food. I'm talking about grown women, brilliant, smart, talented, capable women, running households, raising families, sobbing hysterically in actual pain because they're literally scared of carrots and hate themselves if they touch a cookie and binging to the point of feeling like they're going to explode when they can't hold on and stick to the plan or the can-eat list anymore. The reality is so very, very much more common than you can even imagine. Like I said, in 2008, they surveyed, I can't remember how many women, and something like 75% of them expressed disordered thoughts and habits around food. And it's coming from places like these ideas around food that if you want to be healthy, you can only eat a certain way and that you can eat these things and can't eat those things. It's heartbreaking and it's infuriating because we aren't born like this. We learn it. We learn it from these can versus can't eat food lists that are supposed to be promoting health. From the things we learn about how to eat healthy, low carb, gluten-free, clean eating, organic, Weight Watchers, keto, paleo, Whole30, all that crap. We learn it from every single message we have gotten since we arrived on this planet that taught us to distrust our own bodies and only eat what we're allowed when we're allowed. And I realized that this conversation with my friend was triggering for me because I have seen low-carb food rules in particular not only destroy my life, but way, way, way too many others' lives. And as a result, low-carb talk and all of this diet talk, really, it, well, it scares me. It scares me because I worry whose life will it destroy next? We have got to change the way we think and talk about healthy eating. It is not defined by how many rules we can follow or how good with food we can be. And you never know who is struggling or how your words may trigger them. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.